0: You have your Bibles for just a few moments tonight. I want to take you to the Old Testament book of Joel. and We're going to have to find it together because I didn't mark it and my Bibles come apart. So, Joel chapter 3, I want to say thank you this evening for your wonderful sacrificial giving today. Uh, We are going to be able to give to um, Brother and Sister Evans a wonderful offering. A little over $2,500 came in. And so I thank you for that. I know it will be a tremendous blessing and help to them in this great time of loss. Remember them in your prayers. Reach out to them. You really don't have to say anything. You don't have to explain anything. Just Love them and let them know that you care. Amen. Joel chapter 3 and verse number 14. The prophetic writing of this prophet of old. He simply said multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of Of the Lord is near. How many of you believe that tonight? That the day of the Lord is near. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Amen. I don't know how long tonight I will need to preach, but I hope that I preach long enough for you to get what God wants us to get and respond to it in Jesus' name. My subject tonight is simply this, a day of decision. Everybody said it with me, a day of decision. You may be seated. We live in a decisive hour. Although many do not realize that, there are so many changes that are happening in our world that it's hard to keep up with them all, and yet every change signals something perhaps eroding, something slipping away from life that perhaps will never be returned. Napoleon said that in every battle there are ten minutes on which hangs the fate of nations. That in every battle there is a short period of time when the the battle is decided. It may rage for hours or even days longer, but there's a moment in time when the decision is made. It's a turning point. It's a place unseen by the natural eye but known in the spirit when you reach conclusions and you come to a decision about the outcome of the battle. Israel had a rich history. They had a great and rewarded history. But no matter what their history was, It was their decisions of the day that would determine the blessings of God that would continue on them in the future. Unfortunately, Israel was guilty of having a rich history, but not really appreciating or cherishing their history. They had become mixed up. In their living and in their life, so much so that it was hard to differentiate between them and the nations that were around them. This one nation that had been so powerful and so resilient in other times had now become so mixed up in their beliefs that they didn't know what they believed. They were being influenced by a mindset of duality. Simply stated, they were of the opinion that they could serve God and their idols as well. The trouble was, they were being more influenced by their idols than they were by their God. And so it is. You would think that the logical answer to a nation that was so blessed by God would be a loyalty and an obedience to Him that would surpass anything else. And the principles that had brought them to where they were would be more important to them than convenience or whatever changes might take place in their life. But the contrary was true. Instead, they sank further into idolatry and further away from God. Outwardly, listen to me, outwardly, they may have been followers of God in name, but inwardly in their habits and in what they worshipped, they were not worshipping God, but the idols of the nations that were around them. It is so even in the hour in which we live, there are a lot of professing Christians There are a lot of folks that go under the banner of the name of Christianity. But when you look beyond that veneer and you look at their practices, you look at how they live, you look at how they talk, you look at how they dress, you look at how they conduct their lives and their habits deny their worship of God, more it is a worship of the idols of the world in which they live. And such a condition could not continue for them. They must decide whether they wanted to serve God or serve the idols of the world around them. It was a day of prevailing darkness, and Israel was at a very decisive moment, but they were undecided. Their inability to make a decision, a decision of who they were, a decision of what they would believe, a decision of who they would serve, A decision of who they would follow and what would influence their lives was in the balance at that particular time. And Joel called their attention to the fact that they were now in the valley of decision. My question tonight is what are we deciding and what was Israel deciding at such a critical moment? Many decisions are being made on a national level in our world that affect all of us. But it really doesn't matter what our nation decides. What is more important is what we as a people in this building tonight are going to decide. What we're going to decide for ourselves and for our families and for our children. And we are deciding some very critical things tonight. We are deciding, people who are in the valley of decision are deciding what our future is going to look like, what our future life is going to look like, what it will look like for our children if the Lord tarries his coming. We are deciding tonight by the way we worship now what the church will look like tomorrow and the next year and the next year. We are deciding tonight by the way that we conduct our lives what this church is going to be in the future. We are deciding character tonight. We are deciding who we are going to be as a people and we are deciding what we will do as a people. We are deciding how we're going to live and conduct our life and our behavior, what it's going to be in a present evil world. I want to tell you tonight as your pastor, we better fix our faith in God and His Word alone. And let that be the decisive factor in our life, not the world in which we are presently living. We are deciding our happiness or our misery. We are deciding things about what sin is or what it is not. Sin may be pleasant for a season, but that season does come to an end. The half-hearted living is a miserable place to live. And living as close to the world, as much like the world as you can, is a miserable way to live. We are deciding tonight our happiness. We're deciding our future. We are deciding tonight what we're going to believe in this postmodern generation. We are deciding what we're going to believe in light of judicial procedures and rulings that are going to be contrary to what all of you hold dear tonight. Truth, I tell you, is still the only measure to measure our life by. And it doesn't matter what the court may decide or what man may decide. The ultimate decision rests in the hand of God. And I must have my ear tuned to what God says. What thus saith the word of the Lord. For me tonight it is more critical for my mind and my own heart. To hear God than it is for me to hear anything else. The news, the commentators, whatever else might be said. For me tonight, this book is more important than anything else in my life. And I am making a choice tonight. Of what I'm going to believe and what I'm going to hold dear. I am making choices that are going to put me at odds with the world in which I live. But let it be so. I want to tell you that we are going to be a people that are going to be set apart whether we want to be or not. And when we decide for Him, God is going to give us the ultimate victory And tonight I want the Lord to know that as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, the choice in the hour in which we live is not between religion or non-religion. It is the choice of what kind of religion we're going to have. Because man is a spiritual being and he is going to worship something. He is going to worship someone. The choice is about what kind of religion it's going to be. A system of beliefs that is based upon the whims of man. A system of beliefs that is based solely upon the 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 current mood or climate of the world. A system of beliefs that is based upon the whims of the man's of mind. Or a belief that is based upon the word of God. You and I are deciding those things tonight. And as the days approach the coming of the Lord, it's going to become more and more clear what we have decided. And I just want to go on record tonight that this church better make the right decisions in this hour. And we better make the right choices and the right distinction. If God says it's unclean, we better make sure that's what we call it. If God calls it falsehood, that's what we better call it. If God calls it a lie, then I better call it a lie. If God calls it ungodliness, then I certainly need to call it ungodliness. I'm not trying to make enemies tonight, and I'm not trying to beat a wagon or drum, but I am here to tell you we are in a decisive hour, and a lot of things are in the balance tonight, and we've got to decide. What troubles me many times as a pastor is that if the Lord does tarry and we live another 10 years in this world or another 15 in this world, you said, Brother Hughes, there's no way. Well, I didn't think I would live to be 60, but here I am almost approaching that. And some of you didn't think you'd live to be as old as you are. But here we are tonight. If the Lord were to delay His coming... I wonder what the church of tomorrow is going to look like. I'm not worried about the other churches around us. I'm worried about this church, what this assembly is going to look like, how we're going to sound, what is our worship going to be like, Will what we experience this morning and tonight. Will it be a strange thing? Will we come to the place that we are content with going through a little routine and having our little program and slapping each other on the back and then going home, or will we hunger for God in such a way that we will call on Him and say, God, move in this place. Do a work in this house tonight. What is our church going to look like? We have so many kids around here that are growing up so quickly, but I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, based on the decisions that some of us are making tonight, what their chances of having an apostolic church tomorrow will be like. Amen. You know what? There were some folks in my past that I think made the right decision. Brother Cheryl, when I look at you and I think of the history of your family, I, I think of the deep heritage that this man has and has affected my life because of decision it wasn 't an easy way it wasn 't the most popular way, but there were choices that were made that have reached into this generation, and now there 's a granddaughter and other grandchildren that are involved and what is the church of tomorrow going to look like it 's going to look like what we decide it to look like and I just want to make sure tonight that when I start making decisions that my mind is governed by this, not the newspaper and not what a judge says or what a court rules. I want to make sure that the things that I stand on have been things that have stood the test of time and they have kept true to this very day. Amen. Truth will prevail. I know that. But some of you are deciding what the future is going to be for your family. We're deciding today what kind of gospel we're going to preach. I do not apologize for the Word of God, nor do I apologize for the church. And I will never apologize for a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Whether people understand it or not or they think we're crazy, that's all right. That just puts us in the bloodline of the apostolic church. They thought they were drunk on new wine. Oh, they were drunk all right, but it wasn't on what they thought it was. And if this church tonight does not make up their mind how we're going to be in this hour, then we will become just like every other religious entity in the world. We will become ineffective and a lack of power will produce nothing more than show and nothing else. God, help me tonight to never let that happen and never allow this church to come to the place that we're content with dead church. I want a move of God I've come to understand that the only hope for this world right now Is a move of God The only hope for our world is that this church will wake up and say You know what, it may not be popular And it may not be what the crowds are looking for But somebody out there is looking for a real genuine touch of God For their life and for their family We are deciding in the hour in which we live, if we will still call sin by its name, sin. Renaming or rewriting the laws of the land do not change the laws of God. And I don't care what court rules or what city government rules or what national government rules. This book is still the guideline for my life. Amen. I am deciding my eternity tonight. I am deciding whether the future will be one of blessing and joy, everlasting or sorrow and deep regret. And I am here to tell this church that we stand in that decisive hour. And I don't know about you, but I have made up my mind. I want to be Pentecostal more than I've ever been Pentecostal. I want to be more than just Pentecostal. I want to be apostolic. I want to be book of Acts Pentecostal. I don't want to carry a name without the power. I want the power of God resident in my life in everything that I do. If you're a father here tonight, you ought to take the hands of your children and lead them to an altar and say, yes, for us, our decision is we're going to serve the Lord. Doesn't matter what happens in our world. Doesn't matter what happens in our city. Doesn't matter what happens in our school system. It doesn't matter what happens in the world around us. We are going to serve the Lord. Too many people are like the boatman who faces one direction while rowing in another. You will never get where you want to go doing it that way. The only hope for this world is a Holy Ghost filled church. But more than that, The only hope of this world is for people who know what they believe and who stand on that and they do not go back on their decision. Amen. Makes me want to grab somebody right now and say, Come on, let's live for God. Amen. Come on, let's live for God. It makes me want to grab somebody and say, Hey, wake up. This is a decisive hour. Quit playing church. Quit living on the, the the side that's going to fall off. Get on the Lord's side. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord right now and say, God, I need to make that kind of decision. Amen. I need to make that kind of commitment. Amen. What I'm talking about is very personal. Nobody else can do it for you. No one else can decide. It needs to be done today. Not tomorrow. Not next week. We need to make up our mind afresh tonight as for me and my house. Amen. We're going to serve the Lord. And do you know that your decision could help influence someone near you that's teetering on the brink of not knowing what they're going to do because they see you decide to change. They may change as well. I want to do whatever I can, wherever I can, whenever I can to make a difference. But it doesn't matter if you follow or not. I made up my mind afresh today. I want to be saved. And it doesn't matter what that cost. It doesn't matter what I have to give up or let go of or deny or turn away from. Whatever that is, that's what I want to do. Because to me, salvation is more important than anything else that I can think of. As for me, in my house, Joshua said, we're going to serve the Lord. Oh, God, help us to understand that we are truly in a decisive hour. We're in a time that is so critical, not only for this church, but for our nation. Help us to make the right decision. Help us to make the right choice, not just by word, but example. That we get on our feet when it's time to worship. That we go to the prayer room when it's time to pray. That we give our heart completely to the Lord in service. That we reach out to somebody. Amen. Sometimes we always think it's good to reach somebody as long as somebody else is doing the reaching. But all of us need to become extensions of God's hand tonight because there's a world that needs somebody that knows where they're going. As for me and my house... Amen. Are there any men here tonight that would dare to stand and and take authority in the Spirit and say, you know what, I can't decide for everybody, but I tell you what, as far as my household goes, we decide for the Lord. Are there any men here tonight that have the courage to take hold of a child near you? Maybe yours or somebody else and said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make right decisions. So when you come of age and you want to look for someone to steady your life by, you're not going to be confused when you look at me because I made up my mind. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. Amen. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. Why don't we stand together? I am I'm through, <clears throat> but I don't know that God's through tonight because I believe more than ever before in my lifetime that the hour in which we now live is perhaps one of the greatest hours of the church. We're in that decisive time that Napoleon saw in every battle where it was decided which way the battle would go. God help me that I make right choices, that I make right decisions. It becomes confusing sometimes when you look around because many of the things that we are being encouraged to embrace, they look so innocent until you look beyond it and then you realize where it leads. I don't want to be confused in this hour, church. I I don't want to be confused in what I believe and what I know that I am or who I am. I don't want to be confused about what God wants to do in my life and in my family. Amen. It's a decisive hour. It's a critical moment. And what you do tonight could set in motion a revival that would sweep through this church and send fresh anointing like we've never had before or you could decide to go on with church as usual and just enjoy the friendship and the fellowship it's your decision you decide tonight what you want but i've decided what i want i don't want church as usual I don't want church starting at 6.30 sharp and ending at 7 o'clock dull. I want services that began like they did just a few days ago where there really wasn't a beginning. It just erupted. He said, Brother Hughes, I like decency and order. So do I. But I like a sovereign move of God more than I like anything else. We're deciding that, church, whether you realize it or not, by the way we worship, by the passion that we feel in our heart. We're deciding that. We're deciding whether or not the future is going to be greater and brighter than the past. We're deciding whether or not the children that are around us are going to know what an apostolic church is if the Lord tarries. Oh, that grieves me tonight to think that there would be something other than a spirit filled Holy Ghost anointed Church in this location in Webster, Texas, but i know I know anything can happen, I know we can all become accustomed to the hour and begin to make adjustments. God help me tonight, help me, I wish I could get out of me what I feel in my whole my, my heart right now, but <clears throat> I think some of you are picking up on it. There's some kids around you. There's some children that are around you right now. There's some young people that need to see some decisive elders step out and step up. People who will say, you know what? I'm going to be a light. I'm going to be an example. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to be a hand to help you make it through this crazy world. Amen. I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a faithful child of God. I'm going to be a consistent child of God. I'm deciding that. Don't gripe about the future if you don't make a decision about it in the present. Amen. Because the present, the things that I'm doing right now are going to determine what happens when we get back in that building over there. Said, "Really use well." I was just hoping we could get through this, and then when we got over there, we'd have a great revival. No, we ought to have great revival right here. We ought to have a sovereign move of God here. We ought to have the Holy Ghost being poured out here. We ought to have somebody receiving the Holy Ghost here. The decisions that we make now are going to determine what the future is going to look like. What's it going to look like for you and your family? Amen. What's it going to look like for your kids? You decide. You're deciding right now. If it was me and I had my kids right next to me, I'd grab them by the hand and say, Come on, I want to show you what we're going to decide. I would do that right now. I wouldn't wait for the pastor to say, Come on to the altar. I would just grab my family and say, Come on, this is what we're going to do. Come on, this is where we're going to be. This is where we're going to live. This is what we've decided. We're coming.